want to get to first uh, how this thing came to be and what it is in the first place, Dr. Bachinsky. Pick up that story you were telling in that video there, the night before 9-11, the genesis here. Yeah, I'm not much of a date person, Tim, but um, I do remember that. I think most people kind of remember what was going on in their lives about that time. It was a Monday night, and um, we had, um, there were a group of four of us that had been spending some time meeting and talking and praying, and we just sort of jumped in. We grabbed some Rubbermaid totes and some notebook paper, and uh, Redeemer our Presbyterian downtown was gracious enough to let us use our Sunday school rooms, and we just kind of jumped in and started seeing folks. Uh, seeing folks to do what? What was the initial work of the Mercy Clinic? Yeah, our goal, Tim, was really just to see the people that were falling between the cracks. You know, we really just wanted to see folks that were completely uninsured. Um, you know, in the beginning, we've never, from the beginning, we've always said that we're not going to see folks with insurance or Medicaid or Medicare. I feel like there's some resources available for those people, but we just wanted to see those people that really didn't have any place to go for their medical care. And what kind of medical care? Yeah, I think what makes us different is the fact that we really do want to see people as a whole person. Um, yes, people have got blood pressure, they got asthma, they got diabetes, they got other medical problems, but we really feel like people are going to function best and enjoy their lives most and have joy when they are looked at from their whole person standpoint, physical, emotional, spiritual, just the whole person. Oh, which is going to lead us into the conversation we'll have in a moment here about the, the current controversy uh, surrounding the Mercy Clinic, a piece in the red and black that takes aim specifically at the transgender issue and, and the the, uh, the services that some say a lack of services extended to that segment of our community here. But let's talk for a moment, uh, Dr. Bachowski, about how this entity has grown over the years. From that initial thought, let's pull together some doctors, all of whom, by the way, I gather are volunteering. Nobody's putting money in their pockets from this. Uh, Have you been able to sustain that over now two decades? It's been really faith building for me, Tim, to see the way that um, we feel like God's provided what we've needed along the way, you know, whether that's um, finances, whether it's people, whether it's buildings, um, we've just seen his faithfulness along the way. I mean, our, our goal is to say, okay, God, this is what you've called us to do. We're going to press into that. And so it's really nice to not have to have that responsibility of providing all of those other kinds of things. Uh, and we've seen the community embrace what we do. We've seen God provide what we needed. And it's really been fun to see this thing grow. Uh, Tracy Thompson, your involvement in this, now the interim director uh, of, of Mercy Clinic. How'd you get involved with this? So, Tim, I started back in 2003 as Mercy's executive director and as their only employee. Um, When I started kind of with Paul, um, the board handed me a checkbook and some passwords and uh, a computer on Park Avenue and said, go get them. And we were open um, a Wednesday refill clinic during the day. And then we had a one night where we saw patients with volunteer docs. um, And then that has just quadrupled into five days a week care. And how many doctors and, and elder health care providers now involved? Sure. It kind of grows and winds. It probably is not a constant number, is it? Right. As people's lives change, some new ones come in, some other ones take a break. But we keep about 30 primary care docs as well as specialty physicians. So we're able to do a little bit of specialty care um, for main things like dermatology and um, if someone needs a colonoscopy, we have people that... And where physically, logistically, does this work take place? Sure. Mercy's at 700 Oglethorpe Avenue. Um, We were blessed with a building several years ago that we were able to purchase debt-free. Wow. I was was just about to get to that. I mean, uh, yeah, that's a pretty 
busy place, part of the medical community anyway, and, and I know they're not giving buildings away out there. So uh, to Dr. Bachowski's point there, this is uh, another case, I suppose you would say, of God providing what you need here. Absolutely. We, we prayed for a building. We had a certain measure of about what we wanted in square feet. We had been housed across the street in a small house with another nonprofit, Athens Pregnancy Center, and we just prayed with our board and talked to some people and were approached actually by a building at the time that Athens Regional had that they could not use for any type of services and wanted to sell it and we were able to raise the money and um, buy it and pay it off completely within a year. In terms of ongoing operations, you mentioned uh, raising money for that specific purpose. Uh, you're going to need money for other purposes as well. How can folks help and, and our folks about the business of helping? Sure. So we, um, during COVID, we lost, you know, people couldn't come in the building. So at right before COVID, we were using over 800 volunteers. And so after COVID, you know, those numbers have went way, way down and we consider we're in the post-COVID mode right now, we would love to have people back in our buildings that are nurses, doctors, but people that will run the front desk. Mm. People, all our docs get scribes, they get liaisons to help them do all the paperwork so that they don't have to learn our system. As we all know, it's easier to teach a student how to do that with these whiz kids <laughs> students so that our patients don't have to, um, or I'm sorry, our doctors mm. don't have to learn our systems. So we have um, prayer people that come in and pray with our patients mm. if they choose to have somebody pray, pray with them. We have people who bring in meals for our nighttime clinics because our docs and our nurses that serve in our nighttime clinics are coming straight from their office, donating their time. And we all know that a fed person is much happier <laughs> than an unfed person. So Doctor. Dr. Bachinski, back to you quickly. About a minute here, and we'll take a break and come back and discuss other matters. But she mentioned COVID, did uh, Tracy Thompson there, the director. Uh, in about a minute, go through the whole COVID pandemic experience from the Mercy Clinic perspective. What was that like? Yeah, Tim, you know, from the beginning, we felt like it was a neat opportunity. You know, I don't think any of that was a, a mistake as far as the opportunity that we had to care for people. As I said before, our whole model is to say, okay, how do we care for you when there are different things that are going on for you? So just like everybody else, we had to adjust. I mean, as you know, it was in the beginning, it was, you know, nailing jello to a wall. I mean, you yeah. know, people trying to figure out what's right, what's not right, being really careful. Um, you know, we partnered with uh, um, the health department. We were able to do some screenings. We were able to do some vaccinations. And so we just saw it as another opportunity of, of providing health care. Dr. Paul Buczynski, uh, Mercy Clinics. Uh, talking with Dr. Buczynski and with the interim director, Tracy Thompson, in studio with us this morning. Uh, Mercy Health Center won't provide adequate care for transgender patients. So reads the red and black piece posted just yesterday. The red and black in Athens are uh, here to discuss this uh, this controversy. We'll call it what it is. Uh, Dr. Buczynski and Tracy Thompson, uh, both of you telling me that you had your immediate concern was the headline itself. Unpack this for us, uh, Dr. Bachinsky. What, what's the what's the policy? What's the concern? Yeah, my concern, Tim, was just the word. I guess instantly is the word adequate. Um, you know, I think uh, um, our goal is to, to care for all people. Doesn't matter what you look like. Doesn't matter what you believe. Doesn't matter what uh, what you describe as your faith experience. I mean, God brings people through our door every day. We have an opportunity to care for them, to love them well. So we're not discriminating against anyone. Matter of fact. We see those folks as having very, very real issues, probably sometimes even more important than things like diabetes or hypertension. And we welcome that opportunity to see those folks. So, 
you know, when you throw out a headline that says adequate, I mean, who decides what adequate is? Well, as I read deeper into the article and and the concern expressed by a a nurse who spent some time with you and is now uh, chosen to part company for this and other reasons, uh, what you won't do. Now, you mentioned, yeah, we'll treat you. I walk in there. I don't know. I got COVID. Yeah, we'll take care of you, irrespective of your your sexual definition, gender identity, whatever nomenclature we want to use. What you won't do, as I understand it, as a matter of mercy policy, as a matter of mercy center policy, what you won't do is assist me. Hey, I'm in here. I want to transition. Help me out. Give me the hormones or whatever. It is. You won't do that. Is that accurately describing your position? That is correct, Tim. And I'll tell you, there's two reasons behind that. The first one that I think should be obvious to everyone is that we have really limited resources at Mercy. Our, our job is really to focus on the big issues that people have from a primary care standpoint. We're, we're fortunate that we've been able to add some services like dental care and pharmacy and some specialty care. But I think anyone who looks at this issue would say, this is well beyond the scope of care of what a clinic like Mercy should be handling. I mean, the literature is really clear medically that this is a huge thing to undertake with people, including counseling, all kinds of things that have to be done way before you consider things like hormone therapy or surgery. So this is well beyond the scope of what we even should be doing at Mercy to start with. But then the second part of it is that we're, you know, from a foundational standpoint, you know, Mercy was founded on a very conservative interpretation of the Bible. We just simply don't believe that's in people's best interest to do that. Are there real issues there? Absolutely. We just believe that the way that people are going about taking care of that is not in their best interest. So as I understand what he just said, let let me play around with what Dr. Buczynski just said, Tracy Thompson, uh, founded, and he makes no apologies for this, it's a mission statement. Uh, this This is a conservative Christian approach to providing to the needs of a certain community in Athens, uh, the uninsured and the low-income community in Athens. If, hypothetically, if instead of the Christian worldview, the the Islamic worldview were adopted, uh, one would expect, would not one, (laughs) expect that if there were certain things that were in violation of Islamic tenets, you'd approach it in the same way? Absolutely, Tim. Um, You know, we do feel that um, everyone who walks in our doors is loved by God, loved by us. Matter of fact, we have a, a kind of a little mantra that's been from day one that we want people who walk in our doors to go, hmm, something feels different here. And the reason that feels different is because the Spirit of the Lord is in that place. And we use the, the people who walk in our doors are getting medical, cl- medical treatment, dental treatment, behavioral health treatment, um, pharmacy. Receive, they receive all of those services completely for free. And as you can imagine, at none of that is at an inexpensive price. But that's what we do. We bring in volunteer doctors. We use them to the best of their ability to provide the best health care. And what I want you to know is lots of people, the people that are mentioned in this article even, are still our patients at Mercy. They may not be receiving um, the kinds of services uh, for transgender, but they're still receiving health care. They're still receiving dental services. So um, the, the article slants that we are not helping those, everyone who comes in our doors, but we are helping every single person who walks in our doors within the scope of our services. But Dr. Buczynski, the article, The Red and Black Piece, does point out that for a time, if I'm reading this correctly, uh, Buczynski said three of the four patients who were receiving hormone therapy from Mercy, okay, so you were at one point providing just that kind of care, that kind of medical treatment. 
That's correct. It was it basically it, it, <clears throat> it came to the attention of our leadership and our board that that was being done on the clinical side of our building that we didn't know at the time. And so obviously we had to wrestle with that, Tim. We looked at, <clears throat> excuse me, we got our staff together. We looked at a lot of literature. Um, we really approached this in a very, very whole kind of person sort of way. And then our board voted on it, decided, you know, that's not something we're going to do. So we sat down with each one of those patients individually said, hey, look, we care about you. We just don't believe that this is in your best interest. So this is not something we're going to be able to continue as part of your health care here at Mercy. Uh, has this been addressed? He mentioned Dr. Buczynski addressing this holistically. Uh, he's a doctor. Let's talk about it from the lawyer's perspective. Can you and, and have you even explored the question of whether you can legally adopt the policy and pursue the policy you've now adopted and pursued? Yes. So we have spoken with our attorney um, and we can adopt that policy. I believe it's even referenced in the article about the Hobby Lobby mm -hmm. policy. Um, as Christians, there are certain things you can do. But what, I, what we want most people to understand, though, or everyone to understand, as Christians, we're called to love these people and to serve these people. That has not changed. They may not be receiving a certain therapy that um, we don't agree is right for them um, or right in, the, in these circumstances. Mm -hmm. But they're still receiving all of the care within the complete scope of our services. We love each of those people and uh, we welcome them back um, for any kind of service that we offer at Mercy. And, and, and to your point earlier, Dr. Baczynski, some of those specific individuals, if I understand you correctly, are still receiving and are under the care of Mercy Clinic. That's correct, Tim. I think it speaks volumes of the fact that we sat down with those folks. We told them we still very much care about them. We welcome them to come. And the fact that three out of those four folks have still decided to continue care, I think it speaks volumes about the way that we look at people. Uh, the article also cites, uh, the woman's name is Danielle Bagnano, said to be the director of community outreach at Athens Pride and Queer Collective. Uh, she says uh, that she is one of those who was receiving that hormone replacement treatment and says, uh, well, she is accusing you of what she calls a pattern of discriminatory practices. How do you respond? Right. So if you read through the whole article, it does say that she received excellent service while she was at Mercy. One of her... Um, um, her complaints is that the correct pronouns mm. were not used while she was at our clinic. And my answer to that is in 2019, I don't remember that being something that we were, you know, paying as close attention to as we are now. And Mercy has adopted a policy that we do follow those pronouns for our patients who come in our doors. But as a medical matter, Dr. Baczynski, as a strictly medical matter, I, I'm trying not to get overly graphic here. Uh, there are certain anatomical features that are unique and specific to, specific to me as a male and others that are specific to those uh, who are female. And as a medical provider, as a medical clinician, uh, you just, you deal with what's in front of you. Yeah, absolutely, Tim. I think it would, anyone would be hard-pressed to look at the extent of the medical literature and say, that clearly it is dogma in healthcare right now to say that this is the best way to take care of patients. It's just not there, Tim. The evidence is not there. So because of that, the fact is that this is people's best opinion. This is what they think is, in their opinion, is the best thing to do right now, right? Maybe 25 years from now, we're going to be able to look back at this and say, okay, there's enough of a body of information and research to say that this is the best practice. Right now, it's just not there. 
So by definition, we're choosing to do what we think is the best thing for people to do. People are coming in their door. We're giving them our opinion on what we think is the best way to care for them. And you haven't, I don't think, delivered any babies from pregnant men yet. That hasn't happened down at Mercy Clinic. Not yet. Not yet. And I don't think it's going to. Folks, circle back, uh, Tracy Thompson, uh, again, the interim director there at Mercy Clinic. Uh, the community involvement over the years and how the community can stay involved. I, and I don't know if I want to write a check. Where do I send it? Sure. Um, actually, we have a, um, an event coming up next Friday, September 23rd, out at Wire Park. Um, it's Mercy Music on the Lawn. Uh, it'll be, it's being catered by um, Epting, and we have a singer-songwriter from Nashville, and tables are still available, so they can contact or get on our website at mercyhealthcenter.net if they are interested in buying tickets for that, as well as Mercy is funded by the community. So we are definitely a community organization. Um, so if someone wants to make a check, they can go straight to our website or if they want to make a donation, um, we would love to have it. I mean, uh, at website again, mercyhealthcenter.net. Mercyhealthcenter.net for folks who want to help out. Uh, all these years later, uh, again, I circle back to where we started here, Dr. Brzezinski. Literally the night before 9-11, you and uh, three or four other doctors are sitting around talking about this and praying about this. Uh, I don't know what you were thinking you'd be looking at 21 years down the road. What do you think we'll be looking at 10, 15, 20 years farther down the road? Well, I think, Tim, our goal has always been to say, as we have the resources, we're going to sort of stretch the tent pegs. You know, our goal is to say, we want to be able to provide more care. We want to maybe provide more re, um, different kinds of care as we have the resources to do it. So as we've grown, we've slowly, for example, added staff. Like Tracy said, she was our first employee. We have a small core paid staff that helps us uh, maintain this army of volunteers. So the goal is to say, okay, as we have the ability, we're going to stretch and we're going to provide more resources, more care. So it's really an exciting time in healthcare. I think we have an opportunity. We're not crawling. Um, you know, there's always more things that you'd love to be doing, but we have a seat at the table. We have a real opportunity to impact, I think, what happens. And it's an exciting time in Athens right now with healthcare. Uh, MercyHealthCenter.net, that website. Dr. Paul Buczynski, Tracy Thompson, thanks for rolling out this morning. Best of luck moving forward. God bless y'all. Thanks, Tim.